0: Let's pray together.
1: Where you are, just spend some time to pray for yourself and also pray for Pastor Ross. Then, after that, I will lead us in a time of prayer. Let us pray. Father, I thank you that we can come into your presence to listen to your word again. I want to just take this time to just pray for our hearts, Father, that we will be ready to receive from your word. Speak to us, Lord, this morning. And I pray for your anointing and your blessing on Pastor Ross. I pray that you'll use him today powerfully to use your word to challenge us, to obedience, to know you more, and to follow you. We commit this time to you, Lord, in Jesus' most precious name. Amen.
0: I'm going to go down because uh, my Mac and my iPad aren't going to fit on this. Uh, but while I'm doing that, Sharon, who is my lauban now, uh, I'm going to ask her to come up and share a few things.
1: Thank you, Ross. Uh, hi, everybody. I'm Sharon. Um, it's good to be here. Uh, I feels so familiar... <laughs> You know, it's like I've been here before Well, uh, thank you very much for uh, giving us this opportunity To be able to share uh, the word of God here uh, Through Pastor Ross Okay um, I, uh, I also thank uh, Pastor Chi Ming Because he shared a bit about our ministry uh, And Teok missions We only serve in uh, China In fact, uh, uh, Pastor Ross started it in uh, 1986 So it's uh, more than 30 years and uh, praise God, we can see God is really a blessing this ministry. We have got uh, nine bases all over the world. Um, and, and we uh, have missionaries inside China. We, have, um, we also bring teams inside China. Uh, some of the main things that, that we do is uh, ministering to minority groups. One of it is uh, the Tibetans. Uh, after an earthquake, um, we started a canteen that feeds the orphans and... Um, Uh, very poor children uh, from very poor family and praise God we have uh, uh, managed to lead some of them to the Lord and 15 of them have been baptized it's really very hard ground but I really thank the Lord that it's just an opportunity the Lord opened for us and we're there at the right time Uh, uh, besides this we also uh, do ministry I mean literature ministry that we print and we uh, we give out um, books And uh, the other main thing that we did was China School Missions We trained um, uh, local people to do cross-cultural missions Uh, Praise the Lord, we have trained so far 200 people That have gone uh, back into the fields to uh, reach out to the ethnic minority people So uh, if you want to know more, we have got uh, brochures downstairs Please come and visit us uh, down below at level 1 we also have our prayer letters that you can take or if you want to sign up we can send it to you by uh soft copy or hard copy uh one of the things that kept us going was really prayer we thank god for there's so many people uh, in singapore that have been receiving our prayer letters and have been praying for us and we also have prayer meetings uh really without god we can't do anything you know so uh please come down to visit us we um, pastor ross also is uh, in charge of uh, this prince ministries china uh, We we, we print and we give out uh, materials in Chinese Derek Prince books that have been translated into Chinese And um, uh, we give it to the churches and believers free of charge So if you want to see uh, Derek Prince books or buy them We have it downstairs Uh, It's very cheap Christmas sales now, 30% You can't get it online any cheaper or even in bookstores So please come and visit us Limited stock you? Thank, you,
0: thank you Sharon um, Let's just pray again Father we thank you for this time Pray that you'll speak to each of us Thank you that you're a good father And your ways are the best ways In Jesus name, Amen uh, This uh, Antioch missions When I was 70 I stepped down as international director As any position So this, this is a Singapore老闆 i Taiwan a Taiwan老闆 uh, I only work with the Asian bases because this is Asia's time. Uh, this is an easy week to notice that after events in Asia with Mr. Trump and Mr. C and uh, others. Um, in a sense, reversing, <clears throat> we'll see what happens. Just to say, there are some Derek Prince books, uh, where is the book table? on um, upstairs? Okay, downstairs, downstairs, level one. Then it's that way, not that way. Um, prophetic Guide to the End Times, um, They Shall Expel Demons, uh, Derek on Blessing and Curse. This one, I think, important, Husbands and Fathers. Um, I often say uh, wives will say, will read this book to find out what their husbands should be like. And husbands, I suggest you read it to know what she thinks you, you should be like. And then there's this one, a uh, similar book on fatherhood. And then most important, as Sharon mentioned, the Antioch prayer letter. Okay. Church gave me uh, a topic. Uh, I'm sorry if I'm in the way, but I've had experience of trying to put my Mac on one of these things. Um, and they don't... Uh, so the, the Mac finishes on the floor and I finish in tears so I'll just stand here Um, it's it's been I think for me preparing this message from zero obviously any speaker uh, has a number of messages this one I felt I wanted to work from zero and I kept changing the first slide in other words the passage I wanted to come from and I settled on Uh, Colossians chapter 3 and uh, that's where I'm going to start. I'm reading actually from the NLT which will be slightly different from the one but you can compare them because one word is the same in every translation and that's the word I want to focus on at the beginning. Since you have been raised to new life with Christ, set your sights on the realities of heaven where Christ is in the place of honor at God's right hand. Think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth. For you died to this life and your real life is hidden with Christ in God. It's that word hidden I want to focus on. For you died with Christ and your real life, that is if we love Jesus, if we're walking with Jesus, our real life is hidden with Christ in God. And when Christ, who is your life, who is your life, is revealed to the whole world, you will share in his glory. Now, I I just was chewing over the last 24 hours. I was reading this passage in my quiet time this morning, uh, yesterday morning. That's why it got propelled to the first slide. And the word hidden really struck me. So I'd like to begin by asking you, where is your life hidden? Where is your life hidden? Because what I'm suggesting to you is there are two kinds of hidden life. And they're going to be both in our midst. They're going to be both in our midst. One, our life is hidden with Christ. The other is, there is stuff in our lives that is hidden from pastor and from other people here. Because you're ashamed of it. I, I would suggest to you that Either one or the other is true of us. Let me unpack it slightly. In my notes yesterday, my Scripture Union notes, one actually it was Selwyn Hughes, I think. He said this, the instruction to set our hearts on things above where Christ sits is based on the fact that we have been raised with Him. Think what that means. We have been granted a relationship with Christ. Who is at God's right hand? Thank you to the worship team because you are... Uh, continually bringing these truths to us. We don't see it. In that sense, it's hidden, but all things are in His hand. And the guys that we see running our world, they will pass. But what will not pass is the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we are to pursue the relationship by remaining true to Christ, who is the center and source of all our joy. A Christian, now listen to this, a Christian is someone who in a sense lives in two places at once, in their earthly residence and in Christ. A Christian, Selwyn Hughes says, is someone who lives in two different places at the same time. We live here, otherwise you couldn't be here. But while our real life is hidden in Christ, and Selwyn Hughes finished that comment by saying this, the question we have to ask is this, where... Are we most at home? Where are we most at home? Is it with Him, because our, our hearts are set on Him? Or is it Isa, Isa, as far as church goes? But the reality is, our lives are very much here. I'm, I'm going to embarrass someone. Bessie, stand up. You. This is a long-time stand-up. don't you like Tinghua? <laughs> okay, sit down. Um, Bessie worked in a related Antioch company in China. Some of you may know that for a number of years. Still does different work now. Uh, working with orphans in northwest China. And you went back and met with those orphans this year or? Yeah. And what interested me in the report that Bessie sent us is how those orphans who Bessie had cared for in a very remarkable way wanted to meet with her when she went back in a number of years later. And how at least one of them, you said, was a doctor. Is that right? I I questioned, without Bessie's care a number of years ago, whether that guy would be a doctor today. Now, most of you, probably, unless Bessie shared widely don't know that. You may not even know what she does now or did then. But you see, Bessie is someone whose life is invested in a hidden place. The orphans know it, and we know it, and Jesus knows it, but not many people. And what struck me in this passage, for you died to this life, and your new life is hidden with Christ in God— And when Christ, who is your life, is revealed, this is Colossians 3, 4, is revealed to the whole world, you will share in his glory. Are we clear on that? That he is coming back. Let's not get silly and say on November 19th or... uh, Because Jesus said very clearly, we do not know when he's coming back. Let's settle that. Any supposed theory of on the fourth Sunday in September next year, is in direct contradiction with the word of God. But what we do know is he is coming back. What we also know when he comes back is there going to be an enormous amount of surprises. Because what is hidden, both hidden, hidden because it's bad and kept from us, hidden because our life is hidden in, in Jesus, that is going to be made real. It's like, you know, the lights were off and some people were praying and some people were messing around. When the lights go on, you're caught in, in what you were doing. Jesus is coming back. And in that sense, what we do now is simply preparing for him to come back. So this isn't theory, being in the world but not of the world, being hidden in Christ. It, it is going to decide our eternities one way or the other. You know and I know that over the last number of years, in a number of countries, Britain, America, even Singapore, people that we thought were really walking with the Lord, we discover they're not. The pastor of the church in the UK that sends us out, I saw him probably almost two years ago. I was back in the UK over Christmas, went down to the church to to visit with him, had some good sharing with him, (coughs) left took the train back to London. Uh, I'm, I should explain, I'm in England probably about 40 days a year, something like that, because we, we live in Taiwan and we uh, still PR here, which we love. Did you know this? Did you know this? That y- You've got to know this, because I'm sure Straits Times banner headlined this. Singapore, a Singapore passport, can go into more countries in the world without a visa, than any other passport in the world. Wow. Nice people, these Singaporeans. (laughs) So I, I saw this pastor, got a train back to London, was leaving to come back to Asia a few days later. About two months later, my second daughter sent me an email. She's a pastor's wife. They're church planting in Los Angeles. Don't ask me why, but I'm assuming, well, God did lead them to do that. Why not Taipei or Singapore or somewhere else? Um, And she said, Dad, I know this is really going to shock you, but ex-pastor has been caught in an adulterous relationship and his ministry is finished. I'd seen the guy two months earlier and he's telling me about the missionary work they're doing in Africa. He's telling me about the church. Somewhat interested me when I thought back that he wasn't any interested in anything I had to say as a missionary sent out by the church. But we'd been long-time friends telling me about this African bishop and how he'd helped him and other work in Africa. And then, boom, that was already happening, his adulterous affair at that time. But the problem is, sooner or later, the lights come on. So what does hidden mean to you and to me? Is our life, our values, our system hidden with Christ in God? Or is the stuff in our lives that is hidden? Not to God, but to people like, like this pastor. I, I used to be, in Tianzen very naïve and think, well, I mean, this is a brethren church, so everybody's got to love Jesus, everybody's got to walk with the Lord. I don't think so anymore. I have no doubt whatsoever that there's stuff in this room now which shouldn't be happening. I have absolutely no doubt, whether it's to, you know, Billy Graham's thing, girls, gold, and glory. The three things which take us down most often. If, if ladies, you feel uh, we could say men, might, and money. <laughs> Same thing. Number one is sexual sin. Number two is financial sin. Number two, three is an ambition which isn't of God. Is an ambition to drive myself. Let, let me tell you, at the age of 74, the happiest thing in the world, for me, is to release other people into ministry is not to build my ministry, it's to see other people come into their calling in God. If my drive is for me, 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 then there's something hidden which oughtn't to be there. But if we don't get on, we're not even going to get to the second slide. So let's... <laughs> oh, the global reentry factor. Yep, yep, yep. Um, none of you probably have any idea what that means. I have two daughters and four granddaughters in Los Angeles. I also have three daughters and two grandchildren in London. Uh, Forgive me for correcting you. We had a family crisis this week. My fourth daughter gave birth to a boy. (laughs) Five daughters, five granddaughters for years. Suddenly, she gives birth to a boy, but she's a lawyer. She doesn't really listen to her dad. So (laughs) it's spoiled my story. Anyway, with these ones living in Los Angeles, I I don't know if you've ever been through LAX, Los Angeles Airport. Sometimes it seems that half the China population is queuing up in front of you. And if you've just done a 13, 14-hour flight, that's not what you want. And we discovered there's a thing called my Indian son-in-law who lives in Los Angeles, lives in Van Nuys, Los Angeles, married to my third daughter. He said, Ross, there's a thing called global entry, global reentry. You apply to US Homeland Security. They refer you back to England. If England clear you, they say, come for an interview. What it means is you don't have to queue up, essentially. You go through the fast track every single time, if you get this. Anyway, so we applied for this, and England cleared us. And uh, then you go for the interview. And we were at a meeting in Orlando. Somebody's got to do it, a meeting in Orlando. We were at a meeting in Orlando, and uh, we went for the interview. And the two couples, my wife and myself and another couple, and the uh, immigration official, he said this. I would like to ask you if you're absolutely clear that you want to do this. We thought, uh, what on earth are we doing here if we don't want to do it? And he said, because I need to tell you, sometimes husbands and wives, through this process, find out stuff about each other that they never knew before. (laughs) Because British whatever and American whatever are investigating you and maybe you've got debts, you've been married six times, you've got, you know what I'm saying? He actually, see, I mean, he'd said it with a smile, but it was a serious comment. Are you sure you want to do this? Because in the past, couples have found out stuff about each other they didn't know before. That is hidden. I had a brother in uh, York in England who was a registrar, you know, does matches, hatches, and dispatches, births, marriages and deaths and he told me once, he married a couple on Saturday, first thing Monday, the husband's back, he said, can I get out of this? I said, what do you mean? He said, well she owes a fortune but she never told me can I have sort of breach of contract or, or whatever okay we have hidden stuff either in Jesus or not Here's what it should be. How precious is your loving kindness, O God. Therefore the children of men put their trust under the shadow of your wings. I haven't got time to unpack it because this was my original first slide until last night. Psalm 36 begins with what a difficult life the psalmist is having. The wickedness of men around him and so on. Read it if you can. But he says three things. Number one, how precious is your loving kindness, O God. We come to the Lord and put our trust in Him for our forgiveness of sins, but for our whole lives, for the purposes of our lives. Number two, they are abundantly satisfied with the fullness of your house. The Lord provides. The Lord provides in remarkable ways. The Lord supplies. And then this one, and you give them to drink from the river of your delights or pleasures. See, people think Christianity is boring. I, I think Life without Christianity is boring. Walking with Jesus is really exciting. I put my life into Jesus' hands. I said, you be Lord. He said, okay, scrap your plans. I'm calling you to serve the Chinese people. That was 1962. Absolutely do not regret his leading. There are delights in him that you can't find anywhere else. This is the way it should be. Do not worry, saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear for all these things the Gentiles seek? For your heavenly Father knows that you have need of these things. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. That's a life hidden in Jesus, which says, Lord, here's the contract. I will put you first because I know you'll provide. Let me tell you something. Raising five girls as a missionary is a daunting task, but for God's supernatural supply. Very quickly, I'll give you an example. Uh, this is a little Mingan, but I'll, I'll do it anyway. Uh, when we came to Singapore, we came here in 1994. We lived here 13 years before moving across to Taiwan, more than here, unfortunately. We asked the Lord to come back, and he said, Nope, um, we'll reapply in a year or two. Um, You know, I I don't want to offend anyone, you know your education system. If you don't start from the beginning, it's almost impossible to enter into it. So our girls, the eldest was 16. She got a place in RJC. The the culture, it's not right or wrong. It's just so totally different. She came out the first day in tears and said, I don't want to go back there. She was told by a Western teacher, uh, you're not going to make it here because... You've got to start at the beginning. You've got to work through the system to understand. Anyway, so we were stuck with five daughters and no education. We prayed to the Lord, and the Lord opened a door in India to a missionary school in South India, Tamil Nadu. And we sent our daughters there, and my parents, who were not believers at the time, basically said, we gave you this really good education. What on earth are you doing with your kids? You're ruining your kid's education. My eldest daughter went from that hilltop school in India to Cambridge University. Not only that, but the letter, because I lived overseas, the letter accepting her went to my father who opened it. And it was like the Lord saying, if I provide, it's the best. The way it should not be, DMas. Three references to Demas in the, Old Test- in the New Testament. Luke, the beloved physician, and Demas greets you. So are we getting this? Demas is on Paul's team. Demas isn't just somewhere in the church. Demas is on Paul's church planting missionary team. Epaphras, my fellow prisoner in Christ Jesus, greets you, as do Mark, Aristarchus, Demas, Luke, my fellow living. Look at the company he's keeping. Third one, for Demas has forsaken me, having loved this present world, and has departed for Thessalonica. Having loved this present world. What that means is Demas said, I'd rather have what the world can give than I would what God could give. I mean, working with Paul, can you imagine what that was like? Okay, it was tough, but seeing God work in the way he did. And Demas said, No, I want money, I want fame, I want whatever he wanted. Because he loved this present world. I wonder in our midst, even if you're in church today, in fact, I sense there is. There are one or two who are that way. You had a call, you had a purpose, you had a destiny from God, but you said, no, I'll go the Demas track. It doesn't tell me if Demas is saved or not, That's not what Paul is saying. I I don't want to get into theological arguments. I have a master's in theology from Cambridge University, which tells me that I know very little, particularly having studied at Cambridge in the theological department. I I don't know if Demas is in heaven or not, but what I do know is he missed his identity and purpose in God. Now, I need, I just sense the Holy Spirit brooding at this moment because there are some here who God really called you, and you walked away? Maybe for marriage reasons? Maybe for money reasons? Maybe for ambition reasons? And you thought, I want now to get what I won't get if my life stays hidden with Jesus. I'd almost like to end the message here. we only got ten minutes, but... I I really feel there are people here. I didn't plan to say this, so I do think it's God. Uh, You understand, if you bring up five daughters, you're used to, oh, Dad, you don't know what you're talking about. That, That may be so. But let me say this. I have a sense in my spirit that there are people in this room now who were called to a particular destiny in Jesus, and you walked away from it. I'm not asking you if you're saved or not. I'm not asking you if you receive Jesus as your Saviour or not. I'm asking you, are you walking in the call that Jesus gave you? There's not people who kind of got into struggles and battles and found it too difficult. It's people who said, and there are some here today, who said, No, I'm gonna choose, I'm gonna choose the world's way. Does it happen all at once or does it happen drip, drip, drip? I really don't know. You you can have, in reverse, you can have two examples. You can have Peter who is drip, drip, drip. In Matthew 4, Jesus says, follow me. Then you know, Peter... um, (coughs) Peter... First to answer, I'm top of the class. In in one class, he recognizes Jesus, and Jesus says, "This is what the Father's shown you." Then he says, "Don't go to the cross," and Jesus puts him to the bottom of the class. I mean, that's Peter. From Matthew 4, "Follow me," in reverse to drip, drip, drip. Peter comes to John 21 when Jesus says, "Follow me again," and then fills him with the Spirit. With Paul, it was instant, and the questions God asked. Paul are interesting. Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Can I ask you, wh- why those I just mentioned, why are you going the way you're going? W- what do you think will last to eternity if you choose the way you go? W- why are you doing what you're doing? And the only conceivable correct answer is because I'm doing what Jesus told me to do. Then, who are you, Lord, then the Lord said, I'm Jesus. The second one is who? First one is why, second one is who? Jesus clearly said, I am Jesus. And Paul put his life in him, interestingly, as Lord. Thirdly, then the Lord said, arise, go into the city, and you'll be told what you must do. Third one is what? Those two are very important to me, who and what. Because every one of us has a who, which is our relationship with Jesus, and has a what which is God's call on our lives. And you are never complete until you find both of those. If you have a what without the who, you'll burn out. If you have a who without the what, I venture to say you're you're being a bit selfish. Because if it's Jesus, it overflows into other lives. And finally, a fourth why. I will show him how many things he must suffer for my name's sake. Have we in some ways got a mislabeled package that told us uh, if you believe in Jesus, everything will be perfect? That's not what Jesus said to Paul. He said, I'll show him how much he must suffer. Is it worth it? Yes, because God gives in the hidden place his delights, his pleasures, Psalm 36. But it's not in that sense free. Paul in Colossians, I read it this week, makes an extraordinary comment. He says, I complete in my body the sufferings of the Lord Jesus Christ. It doesn't mean to say the work on the cross wasn't complete. But to take that work of the cross into Paul's world required suffering. Okay, what do we need to do? Romans 12. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. Could I ask you, if I'm being too direct, forgive me, but I leave Singapore on Thursday, so hopefully we'll avoid stoning. Um, Could I ask you, have you ever, I'm not asking you if you've received Jesus as Savior, I'm asking you, have you ever really surrendered to Jesus as Lord? Ideally, those should be the same, but they're not. For me, they were about six years different. Uh, My, as I say, grew up in a non-Christian family. Uh, My Latin teacher took me to a scripture union camp when I was in my teens, and I heard the gospel for the first time. Church, to that point, was incredibly boring. It was probably the most boring place in the face of the universe. Then I found you could know Jesus personally. That changed my life. Obviously, changed all of our lives. I invited him to be my savior. Six years later later at Cambridge, Jesus came to me very, very clearly. He said, son, I'm your savior, but I'm not your Lord. I had my plans for the way I wanted to lead my life. first two years I studied law and was actually doing quite well. I was top supervision group in Trinity Hall, which at the time was the top law college in Cambridge. And the Lord said... You have your plans, I have mine. Which do you want? A big battle, but I surrendered. Uh, l- let me just fill in the story. And I didn't know what he wanted, I just knew he wanted me for his purposes, as he wants you for his purposes. About two months later, I got appendicitis. Dad was a doctor, so I was in a nice hospital room getting my appendicitis removed. And I grabbed a book, this is about 1962. Not too much WhatsApp, Netflix, all that kind of thing in 1962. So I grabbed a book, and the book happened to be about a missionary to China. Never read the book, but I did read the first two pages, why he went to be a missionary to China. Then there was a TV program, would you believe, about the Chinese, black and white BBC. (laughs) Then a nurse walked into my room, fiddled around, turned to me, and said, have you ever thought of being a missionary to China? And walked out again. Now... If you've any experience of the British National Health Service, you know that is, to say the least, highly unlikely. And I knew it was God. I knew that was the Lord saying, Okay, son, you've given me your life. This is my purpose for you. That was early 60s. Now, what I want to say, Okay, the means is unusual. But let me stress this. God has such a purpose for each of us. It may be this year's purpose. Maybe this month's purpose, maybe a lifetime purpose, but Father has a what for each of us. Do not be conformed to this world. That's difficult in Singapore. It's difficult in Britain. I, I know each generation grumbles about the generation below, but I, I think, praise the Lord for brethren churches, I think some groups of Christians have strong experience of the Spirit but don't actually read the Bible. Please read the Bible. Please read the Bible. You are wrong because you know neither the Scriptures nor the power of God. You're wrong if you know the Scriptures but not the power of God. You're equally wrong if you know the power of God but not the Scriptures. And you're terribly wrong if you don't know either. Matthew twenty-two twenty-eight. Jesus encourages us to spend time in the Word of God. Jesus encourages us to apply the Word of God to ourselves. And then thirdly, be transformed by the renewing of your mind through the Holy Spirit, through the Word of God, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable perfect will of God. Let me emphasize, good, acceptable, perfect will of God for each one of us. Megadishung do yo. Every one of us has that. The, the church organized an Uber driver to bring me here this morning. And we got talking. Is the kind of guy, you say something in English and you thought, this ain't going to work. So uh, we broke it to Chinese. And then the conversation really flowed. Because people use first language to tell you what's in their heart. I, I got his life story. Divorced, three kids, never sees the kids. Lives with his mother, a life that's in many ways spoiled. Kids imagine that, kids, one son, two daughters, he's never able to see them. In the divorce package, gave his wife eighty percent of the of the goods. And said that's it. And just as we got out of the car downstairs, I said, Please Please do come to church. Please understand this, that there is a Father in heaven who gives us a second chance. That's the most amazing things about Christianity, that when we repent and turn to the Lord, no matter what, what kind of hole we've dug for each other, there's a good and perfect and acceptable will of God. Okay. There is an equation. I know whom I have believed, 2 Timothy 1.12, And I'm persuaded that he's able to keep that which I have committed to him against that day. When we commit everything to the Lord, we don't hold anything back. When we commit it to the Lord, do you know what he says? I will undertake to keep that. You see why this hidden thing is so critical? If I say, you can have this Lord, but I'll hold on to this, then I'm not hidden with Christ in God. If I say, Lord, I I can't do this. Oh, there's some this morning who really need to embrace that. If you say, even with all my Singapore education, my Singapore, remember, I don't know, about 20 years ago, the national song was, They Thought We Wouldn't Make It. Do you remember that one? That's brilliant and fantastic, because we love this place. But at the same time, if that's what I think about myself, I can do it myself. We're wrong. We're terribly, terribly, terribly wrong. So Paul says, commit it into the Lord's hands and he will undertake. Okay, finish. Who are the jury? How, how do you test how you're doing? It's isn't always easy. Number one, with the Lord. You spend time with the Lord in his word. Number two, with ourselves. With ourselves. I, I had to meet someone in Wisma Atria yesterday. I hate, forgive me, that kind of place on a Saturday afternoon. I mean, we wanted to meet in Starbucks. Why not Starbucks in somewhere not so crowded? I hate the basement of Wismar Atria on a, on, a, on, a Sunday, on a Saturday afternoon because there are 15 million people <laughs> who are shopping and getting in my way or on their phones. That really annoys me when people are blocking the path going... (laughs) Do you know what I discovered? More about myself than them. The impatience, i got to admit sometimes. It happens in airports too. My wife says, I don't like being in an airport with you. Sometimes you just feel... "Mm." That tells me more about myself. Let's be honest about ourselves. When your wife says, I don't like being in airports with you, you have a problem. <laughs> Our accountability partners, do you know that there's no word for accountability in the Chinese language? There is... There is no word for accountability in the Chinese language because it's a biblical concept. What accountability means is I let certain people speak into my life. If I'm an island and nobody's allowed to point anything out, like your wife saying, I hate being in the airport with you. Can we just go separately? You never discover your problems. Do you have an accountability partner? Guys should be guys, girls should be girls outside of marriage. Do you have someone that has freedom to speak into your life? Usually, if we're spiritual, we see 80% of what we should see, and 20% (coughs) is hidden. Finally, the world around us. What what, what do they think of us? What do the people in our office or family who are not believers think of us? Okay. I want to go, if we can, right back to the beginning, and we'll finish where we started. Where is your life hidden? What is hidden in your life? Selwyn Hughes, are you more at home, here or there? Are you ready for Jesus to come back? And when Christ, who is our life, is revealed to the whole world, you will share in His glory. Last word: two kind of lives one where I'm juggling a series of half-truths and even non-truths, keeping from my friends, from my Christian friends, non-Christian friends, family even, things that I don't want them to know? Or have I surrendered the whole thing and put it in the Lord's hands? said, Lord, I just hand over the whole package to you I give it to you to be hidden in you. Let's pray together. Thank you for bearing with me. Not a totally a Jesus loves you message, though he does. Lord, I just pray that you'll help us because I know in my spirit today there are those who need to resolve this issue with you. I know you're trying to set us free and release us from living a total or a partial life. And I thank you for many in this church whose life is hidden with you so that when you come back, all they'll hear is, well done, you good and faithful servant. I it's not the kind of appeal really that I want to ask people to come forward so I'm going to ask that we do the Billy Graham thing every head bowed I'm just going to ask you if there is stuff hidden not in Jesus but from your wife or your husband your children your parents your boss because you've been nicking corporate property on the grounds, well, it isn't really anybody's. If there's a relationship, there's almost certain to be in a congregation this size, if there's a, co- a relationship where you are either in or on the edge of being in a relationship that is sin, because you're married already, because you're engaged already, or because you're neither, but it's crossed boundaries. I, I was in another Uber in Singapore once, and the, I said to the driver, you go to church? He said, yes, I go to XX Church. I said, oh, great, Are you married? No, I live with my girlfriend. I thought, how do you do that? You say you're a girlfriend, but you're openly defying the Word of God. You're, you're a Christian, but you're defying the Word of God. Again, I, I just want to say, if you're in that position, release into the hands of Jesus. So can I ask, every head bowed, please, because this is a gurend shooting, if there are things in your life that there's a sense of overwhelming need to be released from them, you may have to go and speak to someone about it, at least a pastor, I don't know. But you know there's hidden stuff, and there has been for years, and you're saying, Lord, I want to be hidden in you. I don't want stuff hidden in my life that's wrong. Would you raise your hand, please? stuff that you need to put right in your life. You just want the Lord to release you from that. The blood of Jesus cleanses from all sins. Would you raise your hand, please? Thank you, thank you. Stuff at work, thank you. That's why I don't want this, thank you, I don't want this public, because. but I think some of you might like to, if you trust your cell group leader or pastor, You might need to be open about it. There's something about articulating stuff you've repented of to man. It's God who forgives, but it brings it to the light. Anybody else? A number of raised their hands. Anybody else? You feel, I know this is wrong. I just want to be free from it. Father, I thank you that, uh, Lord, as I said to the Uber driver, the amazing thing is you're a God of second chances. You've taken each of our lives messed up as they were and washed us clean in the blood of Jesus. Father, I pray that you'll help us now. Thank you, Jesus. In you there is a freedom which we cannot find anywhere else. There's a freedom from the Dmas philosophy to be who we are. The Lord is really saying that to one or two of you. I want you to be who you are, not to be deceiving others into making them think what you're not. The greatest release in the world is to say to Jesus and to men, this is who I am. I have this problem, that problem, but he loves me. He'll deal with it. Lord, help us by your Spirit. Help us to see that that there is a release in you that cannot be found anywhere else. Every darkness, shine your light into it before it's too late, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen.